The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The SB Nation NFL Show. Super Bowl Roundtable. What's good, everybody? Welcome to the SB Nation NFL Show. This is our day three roundtable of Super Week. Before we get started, just want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show. We have had a ton of guests this week. We are going to offer a ton more for you still to come. In fact, later this episode, we're going to talk to Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey. And you'll find out why if the Panthers get a new jersey in the next couple of years, you can thank me, frankly. Now we're happy to be joined by Evan Winner of Bucks Nation and Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride. What's going on, Pete? Hey, how's it going? We just got out of what has been the third day of media, and so excitement is building for this game. I don't know about you, Evan, but I'm starting to feel like, can we get to the game already? I think we've reached that point in the week. I know it is only Wednesday and we have four days to go, but that's kind of where I'm at. That sounds like the opinion of somebody who's covering a defending Super Bowl champion. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I totally get it. I totally get it. But I'm just uh, taking every day by each. I'm kind of like Levante David day by day, um, you know. Yes, I want Sunday to get here as soon as possible, but man, just taking this all in and it's an absolute honor to be able to cover this game for the first time ever in my short journalistic career. So let me ask you this then, Evan, because it obviously is different this year with COVID and and all of that. Normally with these teams would have had, you know, media night, opening night, whatever they call it now on Monday. And I feel like that's the first time where they're kind of like, holy hell, this is the Super Bowl. Like, this is different. Now they don't have that. Do you think that once the game starts, it's going to kind of hit some of these players? Like, hey, this is not just a regular home game in Tampa. Like, holy crap, it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, especially for the Bucks. I mean, this is their first Super Bowl. And even though they've been through three playoff games this year, the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. Um, just completely different atmosphere, everything you just alluded to. So, yeah, I think once – the Pledge of Allegiance is being saying for however long. Um, it's going to click with a lot of players, especially on the Bucks sideline. And Pete, you think this is old hat for the Chiefs. No worries. No problems. That's going to be easy peasy, just another game. I think that COVID has helped in this. That's truly how I feel. And I, you know, I've been talking about this in Kansas City a little bit with Andy Reid. This is somebody who really appreciates trying to keep the big games routine. 
And so, for example, it could be like a Thursday night football division game leading up to it. And he goes about trying to rework the schedule to make it as close to a regular week as possible. Doesn't want to give extra storylines to it. And so you have the Super Bowl where in a typical year, you would have been down there for a full week before, which is abnormal. You would have had these extended media opportunities in different locations around the city. Media night, which is a little silly, which is completely abnormal. And this year, yeah, there are lengthier media obligations, but it is it is just like what would be a road game to the point of you're going to the team's road stadium. And so this to me is like Andy Reid's dream in a sense where nothing is really different. And I could see that helping the Chiefs. And of course, I think, you know, that shock factor that Evan was alluding to isn't really there or that that mystery of what the Super Bowl is like for a lot of these guys. I mean, one of the major offseason storylines was just how many starters they brought back. So crazy to say it's just going to be another game, but it is as close to that as humanly possible. I feel like Super Week always starts out and everybody's all on one team. Oh, this this team's going to win. This team's going to win. And then as the week goes on there, I don't know how like whether there's a meeting or who coordinates it, but somehow like the general consensus always seems to shift to the other team. I feel like the chiefs were the team that everybody was in on early on. And Evan, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I think by the end of the week, we are going to start to see people say, I don't know. Chiefs offensive line, (laughs) a little banged up. Vita Vey is back. I think that don't underestimate Tom Brady. Do you feel like a shift is happening towards the Buccaneers? So real quick, I just realized I had said Pledge of Allegiance earlier. I meant National Anthem, my bad. <laughs> but uh, but um, actually, no, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of your question. Coming into the game last week, I was all about the Bucks, And right now, man, just after really getting into some Chiefs tape, watching what they do, watching what they did week 12, and even though Tampa Bay is an improved team and they attack on offense a lot differently than they did in that game, Oh, man, I just – I don't know. I've got a feeling the Chiefs are going to win this game at this point just based off what Mahomes can do with his legs, how Tampa Bay has historically under Todd Bowles, so, you know, two years, has struggled with mobile quarterbacks, just the magic that he can create outside that pocket, even though Vita Vea has returned and is going to get that interior push, which takes the pressure off Shaq and JPP, obviously, on the outside. Mahomes is just special, man, and – I feel like the Chiefs dime package is going to tempt the Bucks into running the ball more, especially on early downs. And that could create all kinds of issues. But obviously we won't see it till Sunday. But right now, just if you do your research and you're you're vetting your opinions, it's hard for me not to pick the Chiefs at this point. Don't say that to Pete. He doesn't need the encouragement. <laughs> not to disagree with Evan. I just met him. So not to disagree with him right off the bat, but this is an, another week where I just feel like it's going the same way that all weeks go for the chiefs, where at the beginning of the week, the chiefs have this game and they, everybody knows their record and, and what they can do. And then seeing the offense score in spurts. And then by the end of the week, it's like, well, you know what? The chargers have Justin Herbert. Maybe they have a shot in this game. They played them pretty well early, you know, or they did lose that game to the Raiders or something. And I think it is even emphasized in the playoffs where, I mean, you had really good national analysts trying to say that the Cleveland Browns were able to knock off the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. And 
the Chiefs had to use a backup and they won. And then certainly that was even more, I think, magnified when they played the Buffalo Bills, who were the hottest team. And that game was always pretty much in hand, even with the Bills having a 9 nothing lead. And I think you have it happening this week, as you alluded to in your question to us, with I think the Chiefs come in and they looked really good in the AFC title game. But you know what? The defense and the offensive line. Jason Pierre-Paul doesn't know who Mike Remmers is. Oh, that's interesting, right? And you're starting to think, okay, the, the Bucks might be able to control this football game. But it's like the Chiefs have so much offensive creativity. And I think they're a bigger challenge, the Bucks are, uh, than the Bills were. But it's hard for me to believe that in this big game, with Andy Reid having an extra week of preparation and the team feeling as good as they are offensively, that they lose. And I think the lengthier week and the additional media availability starts to raise questions, especially when you're not with the Chiefs and watching them each and every week like I have the luxury to do. You mentioned the extra week. I think that's big for Mahomes, obviously dealing with the turf toe or whatever toe injury it actually is. I saw that basically almost everybody practiced for Kansas City that's able to practice. What are you hearing about Mahomes? Is that even an issue at this point, or is that just like it's an afterthought? Well, he was apparently feeling it in the AFC title game, but you know we're all fantasy football crazy. This turf toe thing is usually like a three-week thing, and that is what it will be now with the extra week off. And Mahomes said himself that he's feeling close to 100%. He's been pretty honest with this thing. I think you're going to see close to full mobility. I I think maybe in the AFC title game, you saw less because he was feeling probably around 75% or 80. But I think you're not 100, but I think you're probably dealing with a 95-ish percent Mahomes. So as long as he doesn't get hit and fall on it wrong, I think you're going to see him playing to the level that we're used to seeing where he's running around and extending plays, playing out of structure, so on and so forth. Do you think, Evan, that Bruce Arians is still going to be, and this is, by the way, not related to anything I was just asking Pete about, so if you were expecting (laughs) that, you're going to be disappointed. Do you think that Bruce Arians is going to be hyper-aggressive in this game? Because when I talked about the AFC Championship game, I said the Bills should never punt. If it was fourth and five or less, the Bills should go for it every time, because to me, that's the only way you can beat the Chiefs. Do you think Bruce Arians is going to be a little aggressive? Because he's the no biscuit, no risk it guy. Yeah, I think he is. And uh, no risk it, no biscuit took on a whole new meaning last week with that halftime sequence um, in the Packers-Bucks game. I mean, JPP gets the sack on first down. Packers seem like they're content with running the clock out. Bruce Arians calls a timeout, which surprised me from the get-go. And then Sean Murphy bunning gets the interception. Bucks get the ball back. They convert a fourth down. And then they throw the touchdown pass to Scotty Miller right before halftime to go up 21-10. That whole sequence was the epitome of no risk it, no biscuit. Bruce Arians was absolutely aggressive. And I think he's going to do that in this game as well. But his issue with his aggressive decision-making is picking and choosing his spots. I mean, we saw it We saw it multiple times this year. He'll go for it on fourth down in his own territory. But then he gets the fourth and, uh, fourth and goal from the five and he kicks a field goal. So it's just, you know, obviously context matters, all that good stuff, but I do expect him to be aggressive. It's just when he picks and chooses those moments to be aggressive is what's really going to matter. You mentioned Scotty Miller. I saw he's now trying to walk back his Tyreek Hill comments about being faster than Tyreek Hill. Like he's not giving him bullets and board material. Pete, Tyreek Hill has said everything nice, but do you think that he's a little just ticked off by that? I apologize if you've heard me say this before for those listening, but Tyreek Hill last week in an interview was mentioning what Jalen Ramsey said three years ago. 
It's too late, Scotty. <laughs> the ship has sailed. Tyreek Hill knows what he said, and he can walk it back all he wants, and he could be friendly and say we'll race at halftime and so on. But you got to know now when he is called for a go route, he's going to run a little harder. I This team gets motivated by these things that you might consider silly, but you could say that about all NFL players. They're always looking for an additional edge, which – like even with the JPP thing, not to go back to that, but JPP has such an advantage over this offensive line. And now it 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 clicks into them that this guy is talking a little bit. I mean, that's natural to get motivated by that. I've been surprised that the Bucks just weren't tighter, lipped a little bit because of some of the people that have talked to the Chiefs before and then they go out and win. But I mean, that's the beauty of Bruce Arians, right? And the media loves him for that. He's just straight up, and they kind of just say what's on their mind. But I I, I know Scotty Miller and, and Tyree Kill's storyline, it seems to have come to an end, at least until the game is over. You a little worried about that, Evan? Your boy's talking a little bit too much? <laughs> Dude, Tyree Kill scares the hell out of me. So <laughs> what he does with the ball in his hands just every time he touches the ball. I mean, you know, people say about players all the time, you got to hold your breath every time he touches the ball. But with Tyreek Hill, I literally hold my breath every time he touches the ball. I mean, his ability to move so quickly in short spaces, confined spaces, is just out of this world. And that, to me, is what makes him more dangerous. Yeah, I, I am definitely scared. I mean, look what the dude did in the first quarter in Week 12. Why wouldn't you be scared of that? Tyreek Hill, watching him in, in person, it, it's just different. And I always say with Hill, it's like the three-yard rule. If he has three yards in front of him, there's a pretty damn good chance that that's going to be a touchdown. And I think the only reason you didn't see that in the Bills game is because he sort of zigzagged and Pori was able to catch up to him. But more times than not, you give him any amount of space and he's gone and such a dangerous player. So I, I don't know if I would have said anything, but to be fair here, and this is from the Chiefs person saying it, he was directly asked, can you beat Tyree Kill in a race? And that's a professional athlete. So, you know, he was in a precarious situation, but it is what it is and it's out there now. I mean, Chris Johnson said he could race a cheetah. So, yeah, totally good. <laughs> I just want to point out that Raheem Mostert's faster than both of them, and that has been scientifically proven. So just, just throwing that out there. So you've got Tom Brady, the king of all trolls, as your quarterback, Evan. He hasn't said anything. You've got Bruce Arians, who's kind of a troll himself, whose legacy is more improved with, another, with a Super Bowl win. Brady getting number seven or Arians? Man, that's a really good question because, you know, coaches like quarterbacks are judged a lot of times on Super Bowl wins. But at the end of the day, I got to say Brady just because, and Pete, I've heard y'all talk about this on Arrowhead Pride quite a bit over the last week or so, but the whole flip scenario, if Brady wins this Super Bowl compared to Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, you're looking at seven to one if Brady wins this this week compared to six to two. If Mahomes wins, and that seems like if there's anybody who can chase down Tom Brady's Super Bowl resume, it's Patrick Mahomes. And to have a six to two advantage compared to a seven to one is just completely different. I mean, it flips the whole situation on its head. So in terms of a win, man, I would say Tom Brady, because there is a very good chance that Patrick Mahomes could challenge him or could be challenging him 10 years from now. I think there's multiple angles here with Arians and, and Brady. I, I like it for Arians. I, I think it certainly adds to his resume, but Arians will never be in a conversation for the greatest head coach of right. all time, right. whereas Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. 
And <clears throat> I got news for you, like for Chiefs fans, Brady and Mahomes are never going to see each other again. The I, the idea that that will happen, even in a regular season game, it, it's so unlikely. It's 2-2 now, forever, even if Mahomes one day, say it is one, and one day he's able over the next 20 years to get to 8-7. to Insane to say, but let's just say it happens. Brady fans and Brady supporters will always go back to this game and say that Brady beat you and yeah, he didn't have another one after that, but we we can only go by the head to head. And so it's such a big game for Tom Brady. I think he realizes that. And although there hasn't really been any jarring between what would be Brady and Mahomes, I, I noted this on my radio show in Kansas City this morning. Brady has these little quips where he'll say something like, I, I noted it earlier in the season where it was, well, Patrick Mahomes is pretty good. He he was able to throw for 50 touchdowns and won the Super Bowl. Not a lot of quarterbacks can do that. Yeah, <laughs> you're one of them who have done that. So, of course, you're saying that. Or I saw the interview with him and, and Kay Adams and, and Mahomes, whereas you know, I, I, I just kind of go by my system, something to that extent. He's like, Patrick Mahomes, he could drop down or drop back 10 to 15 yards and just flick it at his wrist. Almost like that that is not part of his body or something. Like that's an unfair advantage that Mahomes have <laughs> has, and he has to sort of overthink. But it's not in a way where it's at all malicious. It's kind of complimenting him in a backhanded type of deal. And so Brady knows what he's doing. His social media is very good. I, I will say that. And I think he really thinks about everything that he says. And so I'm ca- I'm catching on to that a little bit, and I I look forward to the game beginning because Mahomes and Brady are really good and really supportive of each other and everything at the podium. But man, these two guys are gamers, and they are going to want this game so bad, and it is going to be apparent on their faces, their gestures, and everything because they know how important this game is for that conversation, that one that Brady is having right now. Is he the greatest of all time? And then Matt Patrick Mahomes is going to be having what is 15 to 20 years from now as you look down the line and going back to this game. And then the other wrinkle really quickly is just Brady versus Belichick. So many people wonder who's better, who was in charge of getting those six Super Bowls. This will help Brady to make that argument. It is rare that a guy who we consider the greatest of all time does have a chance to sort of protect that, like you said, by playing against the person that could come for that title down the line. That is a good point by you. I also like that Brady, did you hear this one about Mahomes? Petey said he thinks he can make every play. Yes, yes. <laughs> it, it, he is the king of subtle shade. And and he'll he'll get on a mic after the game and compliment the Packers, right? But then... He has a bad boys for life video walking to the plane with Gronk again. And you know what? That was the last time he did that. They had beaten Kansas City on their field to go to the Super Bowl. This guy knows exactly what he's doing. He's a master on the field. He's a master of shade. And I just hope that the Chiefs aren't overlooking what is, I think, masked by niceness and and this fakeness by Tom Brady. Yeah, but you know what? He, he put that video up after they beat the Chiefs when he throws the game-losing interception and it gets <laughs> negated because D. Ford lined up offsides. And last week, Evan, I mean, Brady throws three second-half interceptions and the, the Bucks defense just absolutely stonewalls Aaron Rodgers. That's what preserved that win. Are you a little nervous about Brady going into this game? I mean, he's gotten a lot of credit for getting here, which he did, but it's not like he lit it up in the second half of the NFC title game. 
100%. And that's actually something that I wrote about today on BucksNation.com, my three crucial questions that Tampa Bay has to answer this weekend. The very first one was, can Tom Brady approve upon that second-half performance? I mean, the first interception was a bad decision. He had Tyler Johnson down at the bottom of the formation, wide open against single-high coverage, and he was running a crossing route. We all know the crossing routes beat single-high coverage. Yet he tried to force it to Mike Evans. The second interception was just a bad throw. He overthrew Mike Evans. He had a clean pocket. He had Evans wide open. And you could even argue that Scotty Miller down at the bottom was wide open for a touchdown. But either way, it was still a good read. It was just a bad throw. Third interception, I'm not going to be too harsh on that. It was a blocked – or sorry, it was a busted pass protection by the running back. I believe it was Leonard Fournette. It was third and two. Tom Brady just chucked it up in hopes of just getting the ball away, trying to make a play. And Green Bay intercepted it at their own 23. So it was kind of like a punt a little bit. So not too harsh on that one. But, yeah, man, he cannot make those mistakes. He cannot play like that in this game. It's Tampa Bay wants any shot at winning because – as good as this defense has been in the playoffs, as good as the offensive line has been, as effective as the running game has been, none of it works without Brady protecting the ball and moving the chains. And if that happens this week, it's going to get rough real quick. Here's the deal. Brady is finally going to realize what it was like to play all those Patriots teams. Yeah. Mistake free football. <laughs> That's the only way that the Bucks are going to win. If, if you have a situation and, and you want to tell me, okay, Pete, in this Super Bowl, Brady's going to throw three straight interceptions. Uh, there's no way. 0.0%.1, if you want to give it whatever, that the Bucks win that football game against the Chiefs. They're just too good. They can score too fast. And you talked about the aggressiveness before. That was a crucial mistake of Sean McDermott in the, in the Bills game. Mm-hmm. He wasn't aggressive at all earlier in the game. And he blinked and it was over in the third quarter in the fourth and early in the fourth quarter. And so a lot has to go into it. You not only got to play mistake free football, the bucks can't be dropping the balls as much as they right. have right. and also being aggressive. And in a way, I, I think they have to have sort of a perfect storm and a, and a, a like, again, just play a perfect game to be in it because I, I think Andy Reid also does save some types of game planning things for the playoffs. So there'll be looks that the bucks have never even seen before on defense. And so I, I, I think Brady will be finally up against himself, which I, I find very interesting as well. Okay, one word answer from each of you before we go. Evan, on the worry scale, one being not worried at all, sipping Mai Tais on a beach, 10 being hyperventilating in a bag in your bathroom. Where are you right now? Oh, no. In terms of a buck win? Uh, in terms of a buck's win? In terms of nervous that they're going to – just nervousness. I would say a five. It's – It's, it's optimistic. Oh, yeah. Sorry. One word. Sorry. Five. (laughs) You know, this is this is the just say it. This is the part of the show that, you know, RJ is going to want to dig up after the Bucks somehow pull off a miracle upset. But I'm probably at a two or three. I I just feel like the the Chiefs are going to have this game in hand. And it's just another one of these games with extra bells and whistles because it's the title game. That is higher. I, I was flat out expecting you to say like zero to come up with some sort of quip about negative numbers. No, because you know what? I and this is why I like the Bucks more than I do the Bills. The defense played so well and the O-line does, you know, frighten. Me. It's not like the Chiefs every single drive that they have that they score. There's a there's occasions where they're stopped and there's a there's a script here where the game could be interesting. I don't think it's going to be that script necessarily but like i said i i think that 
front seven and offensive line. I just want to see how Reed and Mahomes come out. And there's a little sliver of doubt more than I would maybe typically have uh, against another team. Well, there you have it. Evan Winter of Bucks Nation, Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride. We really appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Stay tuned. Coming up next, we're going to have an interview with Christian McCaffrey of the Carolina Panthers. Welcome back to the SB Nation NFL show. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero and very excited to be joined by Carolina Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey. Christian, thanks for the time today. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. So you're here with uh, because of a partnership you have with Ascent Protein. So let's get to that right off the bat, because it's one thing for a guy like you to use Ascent Protein. But then there's a guy like me who's 5'10 and 140 pounds. Obviously not exactly an intimidating physical presence. Can this stuff help me? Absolutely. I mean, I think there's a lot of, I mean, you'd be a hell of a UFC fighter at that height and weight. You have, <laughs> you have a good reach on a lot of people, but, but absolutely it'd help you. I think, uh, you know, I don't think it matters, you know, how, how big, fast, strong you are. I think if you just want to recover, uh, if you want, you know, better muscle health, better muscle recovery, uh, and just put something in your body with very clean ingredients, then, uh, you know, that's, those are, those are reasons why I joined Ascent. Um, you know, I believe in everything they stand for and there's no artificial sugars, no artificial flavors, and, uh, it's very clean. And, and, and that's something that I think anybody can take pride in, in what they put in their body. So, uh, absolutely. Let me just say that is the first time anybody has ever mentioned me and UFC in the same <laughs> sentence, and it probably won't happen again. So thank you for that. And that's obviously something that's got to be important to you, though, because of the league's testing policy. You have to be confident that everything you put in your body is on the up and up because the league basically doesn't care if the ingredient wasn't on the label or what. If it's in your system, they hold you responsible. So you need to be sure of what you're putting in your body. Absolutely. I, mean, I think you, you hit it right on the head. I think, you know, I'm being a clean ingredient, uh, whether it's the pre-workout or, or, or the, or the protein or post-workout, whatever it is, uh, it's gotta be clean. So I, I, you know, I take a lot of pride in that. Okay. Let's get to your team a little bit because I host the SB nation NFL show. And I have said many times, I feel like the stock on the Panthers is through the roof. The Panthers in Miami are the two teams that I think are on their way up. I love Matt rule. I love your new owner, David Tepper. Did it feel different to you this year with those two guys there as opposed to your previous seasons? Uh, you know, I think anytime you have change, um, it, you know, it definitely feels different. The thing that, that I'm most excited about, like you said, with, with new ownership and with new head coaches, um, there, there's definitely a new energy and a, and a new fire. And, uh, you know, in a year where we couldn't have OTAs, where we had such a young team, uh, I mean, I can't say, I mean, I forget how many rookies started for us, but. Uh, to see the growth and development uh, of players who came in is something that, you know, being hurt and, and being able to take myself uh, out of play and, and watch and observe everything. Uh, that's something that excites me because you can truly see development in players. And I think when, when you have a staff who uh, isn't just good at, at finding talent, but taking talent and making them better, uh, that's a sign of a, of a great team and, and a great program for the future. Yeah, and one of the guys that I think fits that description perfectly is Robbie Anderson. Like, I thought Robbie Anderson was a good player, a nice deep threat from the Jets. Then he comes to you guys. He's catching 90 balls. He's got over 1,000 yards. Like, I did not see that coming from Robbie Anderson. Is he an example of kind of that development that you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think when you look at a guy like Robbie, um, you know, that's that's on him. He he comes in the building every day. Uh, you know, doesn't say much, but puts his head down and just works. And 
Uh, I think I think you saw it come into fruition this whole year. Um, he was electric. Uh, he wanted the ball. Uh, took pride in how he studied. Took pride in how he practiced. Took pride in how he took care of his body. And uh, I think he's an unbelievable example for for anybody who's playing, and, and especially for younger guys on the team. That you know, if you want to have success, if you want to keep growing, uh, be like that guy. So um, he he was specifically you know one of the guys I had a lot of fun watching this year. He had an incredible year for sure. Um, another guy that had a good year was the guy that filled in for you, Mike Davis, who I got to see. I'm a Niner fan, so I was a little bit familiar with him. But he came in and, I mean, he carried the load for a long time. Is that exciting for you when you see a guy that's in your position room kind of dominate the way he did? Yeah, absolutely. I think when you, you know, you root for all your teammates, especially the backs, you know, the running backs, uh, you know, we got a lot of pride in our room and and, and how we – we handle the ball, you know, other than the quarterback, usually we touch the ball more than anybody. So um, to see him succeed and to see him grow and, and the work that he put in this last off season and, uh, you know, make the plays that he did and, and continue to get better every game and, and end up having over a thousand yards all purpose was, was fun for me to watch. And I think you look at, you know, even some of the other backs who, who got to play and uh, what they did with the ball and, and, you know, not, not just, with the ball in their hands, but pass protection and uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. That's something that, you know, we take a lot of pride in as a room. So uh, it was definitely cool to see Mike do his thing. Now, when I look sort of to the future with the Panthers, I see that like 80% of your offensive line are free agents this year. Does that concern you at all? I mean, you're a running back. Those are your guys. No, nah, you know, I, I mean, th this game is, is such a, a business and, you know, uh, one of the things that I do know for sure, and that's something that I have experienced in my career is change. Uh, you know, there's always change going on, whether it's a coaching staff, whether it's your specific coach, whether it's, you know, your quarterback or, or you know, guys here and there, guys are getting hurt left and right. Um, and that, you know, that's all stuff that's a part of the game. And I'm very thankful that it's not my decision to, to make the, the money decisions and, and all that stuff, because I don't know how uh, how I would do with all that. But but my job really is just to focus on me and whoever we uh, go to bat with uh, come come the first Sunday and throughout the whole season. Uh, that's who I'm going to, you know, that's who I'm going to roll with. So, um, you know, those those are my guys. And obviously I love every single lineman uh, that I've played with because, you know, they're, to me, the offensive line is, is the most sacrificial job in the NFL. You know, uh, you have one of the hardest jobs and you don't get any credit for it. So, uh uh, you know, and I, and I trust that, you know, when when guys go off to other places and they get paid and do that, I'm happy for them because they've earned it. And, and you know, that's that's part of me that that keeps me happy is I get a root for these guys when they go to other places. And, uh, you know, you always want the best for them, even, you know, even if it might mean you you don't get to play with them anymore. One thing they do get, though, they usually get a nice kind of gift from the running back or the quarterback. Right. I mean, that's something you've had to shop for in your career. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I take a lot of pride in, in my Christmas gifts for the for the offensive line. Um, I try to get creative. I, I try not to be cliche. I think um, I, I think I've done a pretty good job in the past. What did you get him last year? This past year, I got him custom suits. So uh, Ooh, I, all got nice. to, I all got to get get all measured and fitted. I think a couple of them are getting married. So uh, they get a they get a nice custom suit uh, on me. So I think, you know, as a big man, too, you know, it's hard to go shot. You know, you're not, yeah. going, you know, you're not going to, uh, you know, the regular uh, retail <laughs> stores to get a suit. Uh, you know, they usually don't make it. It takes a little bit, a little bit of time to put that fabric together. So I know those guys are excited. 
That is that is a plus by you for sure. I always said if I had the money, I would get all my clothes custom fitted. That's got to be like the best thing ever. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, anytime I, I think sometimes it's not about you know what you have on, but it's about how it fits. And those, those guys appreciated that. Uh, between that and the big green egg uh, a couple of years ago, they they uh, they're very happy. So they get to eat, and then they don't have to feel bad when their clothes fit very tightly. They can <laughs> get a custom suit. So. That's got to be tough because now you have to top that in 2021. Like you're you're making life hard for yourself. I know, I know. I got them uh, scooters last year, like some some bird scooters, and that that was tough. Uh, I don't know how the reaction was. I don't know how many big men are riding around on bird <laughs> scooters, but um, you're right. I'm running out of ideas. I might need some help next year. <laughs> Yeah, I was when you said that about the scooter, that was my first thought. Like, I cannot picture the offensive line, like five dudes in a row just rolling down the street on the scooter. That would be pretty cool to see. Not going to lie. It would be cool to see. No doubt. I've always wanted to ask you this, not you specifically, but anybody on the Panthers. The Bengals are getting new jerseys next year, which I think is long overdue. The, the Panthers have had the same jersey for basically 25 years since they've come into the league. Isn't a quarter century long enough? Can you guys get a rebrand, please? Hey, I'm uh, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I think there there is an art and and there is uh you know some pride in, in the classics. Um, you know, especially as a franchise that's only been around since 1995. So for us, it's uh you, you know you definitely have some pride in that. But I'm all for a new swag. I'm all for a new uniform. So uh, you know, if they ask me, you know, I'll give them my opinion. But you know, I don't make those decisions. You have awesome colors. Like the Panthers colors are fantastic. I think you could come up with some pretty good stuff. Like you need to make that happen. You've got some pull there. Talk to David Tepper, get in his ear and make it happen. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I don't know if the new uniforms are first on the list of of things going on right now uh, in in the head office. But if they ask me, I'll definitely mention it. All right. See, now now I'm going to take credit for that if that happens. Don, yeah, it's all you. There we go. Um, let's get to the Super Bowl a little bit here. You played the Kansas City Chiefs earlier this year. Is Patrick Mahomes one of those dudes that you actually watch when you're on the sideline? Uh, you know, you, you know, you're definitely aware of, of some of the things that he's doing. Uh, you know, especially when you know it's third and long and and you're you're ready to get get onto the field and he makes some crazy play. Uh, so you're definitely aware. But um, you know, I think I think just watching as a fan on watching film on him and seeing the different things that he does is, is, is so special. Uh, you know, he's got an innate ability to, uh, you know, not just have, have the arm strength and the, you know, sidearm, no look passes, but I think he's got all the other qualities and, and the intangibles that, uh, you know, the leadership, uh, the decision-making, uh, the way he makes his guys better. And, um, you know, that's, those are stuff that's noticeable, especially when you, when you watch him in person. He gets a lot of the love and rightfully so, cause he's amazing. But I've been really impressed with the Kansas City defense, especially it seems like in the playoffs, they seem to take it to another level. If you were going to give me a scouting report on the Chiefs D, what jumps out to you? Oh, I think, um, you know, I think they play well together. uh, And I think that's important. I think both defenses in the Super Bowl um, have that to them where where they fly to the ball. uh, They run to the ball. They play with high effort. Um, you know, in a league where everybody's good, um, that's that's to me something that sticks out. Um, you know, guys running to the football, playing good team defense, and they play well as a team in general. Um, you know, I think when you look around the league at some of the best defenses, uh, you know, they they make plays when when it's important. I think you know if, if the offense scores and they get a three and out, that's a 
that's a major deal. Um, when they answer a turnover with a turnover or a turnover with a stop, that's a major deal. And um, those are the things that help help win football games. And I think both teams have, you know, obviously that's why they're playing in the Super Bowl, but but they've shown that. Who's your pick for the game? Oh man, I, I hope they both lose. I, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't make picks. <laughs> well done. I'm a nine. I'm a bitter Niners fan, so I can't. It'd be tough to watch the Chiefs win again. Yeah. Um, I am friends with Kristen Balboni, the Panthers reporter there, and she told me that you are a Peaky Blinders fan. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a massive Peaky Blinders fan. Fantastic show. After the Super Bowl, people are going to need something to watch. Do you have a, a show on Netflix that you're digging right now or that you want to get into? Uh, yeah, you know, I uh, let's see here. I mean, I, I've seen all the best shows. I just started. The one that I'm hearing everybody's telling me to watch that I haven't yet is Sons of Anarchy. So I just started that. First episode was good. So, uh, I, I mean, later on, I'll give you, a, I'll give you, a, 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 you know, an opinion on how that one is, but um, I think it's tough to top Peaky Blinders. I'm, I'm a massive fan. I, I met Michael Shelby when we played up in London. So for me, you know, that wow. was a moment he came to our game. So that was awesome. I started watching that with my wife. And for like three days after we first started watching it, we would just look at each other and do the Peaky f- Blinders. That's what uh, me and me and Chris Hogan and Olsen back in I think a couple years ago for every game. That's what we would say. <laughs> chuck his pads in the locker room right before the game <laughs> it's fantastic are they they're not done with that though right aren't they coming out with another season i'm hearing rumors about a movie i'm hearing rumors about another season and i hope they're both true yeah sign me up for more of that i agree with you christian mccaffrey thank you very much for the time he's joining us on behalf of ascent protein go check that out i know you're a big fan of the vanilla that's correct that's correct. i'm a simple guy so that's definitely my favorite flavor, but they got a bunch of different ones that, that are very talented. Well, we appreciate it. Good luck next season, and I uh, hope we talk again soon. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. That's going to do it for this edition of the SP Nation NFL Show Super Bowl Roundtable. Plenty more big names to come for us throughout the week. Carson Palmer, Mike Greenberg, Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football is going to join us. Derek Henry of the Tennessee Titans. Keep it locked on the SP Nation NFL Show all week long, and we promise you won't be disappointed. By the way, perfect time to rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>